Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the Chorus Speaks podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with poet and educator Angelo Jeter. Hi, Angelo. How are you? Hey, Cora, I'm good. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. So we're actually going to go ahead and get started. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm a poet, spoken word artist, uh, and educator, uh, originally from Columbia, South Carolina, uh, but I currently live in Rock Hill. Um, and so I've been in Rock Hill, uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, uh, roughly since 2004. I came to college at Winthrop University in 04, and um, pretty much been in the area ever since, you know. And um, so part of what I have done over the course of my, you know, life is um, I've always like wrote songs or always kind of been into like artistry and singing and that kind of thing and rapping when I was younger. And then, uh, you know, it's evolved once I got to college into spoken word. And so I got introduced in that. And so that really took me to some places where I got to do like competitions and, um, you know, perform all over the country. Um, and be a national poetry slam champion with um, Slam Charlotte. And this was a, like an amazing, you know, introduction to that, right? And so, um, Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I've been on in terms of like the artistry realm uh, since then. And then in terms of like my professional role, uh, after I graduated from Winthrop, I, uh, I I was trying to like get into law. I was a political science major and it, it didn't really work out for me. And I wanted to work for like government. Um, wow. But I got a job at a college, um, Clinton College in Rock Hill as well. Shout out to Clinton. Um, I got a, a job there and then I realized, like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, working mm-hmm. in higher ed. So I've been working in higher ed since uh, 2009, ever since. And so um, so now I'm at Winthrop again as an employee where I do uh, events and programs for our students. Okay. Okay. And you did say Winthrop University, um, go Eagles. And I know. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your journey, because you recently talked about, you know, I guess we'll start first with your um, your creative side. So yeah. the poetry and everything. So I didn't know that you actually did, you know, music, you said mm-hmm. singing and, you know, rapping. Yeah. But tell me a little bit about, you know, the poetry and all of that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go back. So I come from a musical family. Right. Okay. Um, and an artistic family. So my, uh, I didn't know it till later in life. But my dad actually uh wrote poetry himself and then my mom mm. brother sister uh and my dad's side of the family too are a family musicians right so they come they wrote their own songs they sang my mom was a classically trained pianist my sister uh sang opera at one point um, mm. so like i come from a family that already had some of that you know genetically in there um, right and so from a young age i was you know, writing my own songs that I thought were songs, but you know, they kind of were poems too, right? And then mm-hmm. in middle school, so you know, I flash forward. So then in middle school, um, my seventh grade teacher, Miss Moriarty was her name at the time. And she just kind of was introducing us to poetry and talking about what it was. And then said, just write down what you feel. And then I just remember feeling like a freedom, like of my words, you know, making a difference and really having something powerful to say, you know? Um, even though it was like the poem wasn't very good, the very first one, you know, mm-hmm. but but it, it made me feel like, you know, when you're in middle school, um, you have all these adults telling you what to do. You have teachers and um, family members and parents that are telling you what to do and they're not necessarily listening all the time. And so I just remember that feeling of freedom like this when I'm writing this paper matters because it's mine. And so um, so that's kind of like how I started writing poetry. 
And then I would say I was a closet poet for a lot of years where I didn't necessarily read my poems aloud. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to college, my uh, I believe it was my end of my freshman year, beginning of my sophomore year, uh, we had a spoken word artist on campus named Kirk Nugent. Um, and I was a fan of, there was a show called Death Poetry Jam at the time that was really big. Uh, and Kirk Nugent wasn't on it, but he was like in that same circuit. And uh, so they, they brought him to campus. And I was just so inspired that night, I started writing a poem. And then that became, I thought it was like a, a song or a rap, but it, it became, it felt different. And so that became my very first spoken word poem. And then a week later, I did it at an open mic on campus and I got a standing ovation for the first time. And it was just a, it was just a feeling like, oh man, like, you know, my words made people feel so moved that they stood up and it felt, and it, and it resonated, you know? Um, so that was kind of like the the beginning of it. And then, um, you know, over time, I mentioned, like I did, uh, I was introduced to Poetry Slam, which is the competitive sport of spoken word. Okay. And I was able to, um, they had like these college slams where you can go against, you would compete against people from different schools. And so um, I think it was my junior year, you know, after after that first time open mic, I started writing more poems and performing mm-hmm. And so my junior year, I believe it was, um, uh, I competed in this like regional competition and I placed fifth and then we, um, we were, we went to the National College Poetry Slam and it was like people from amazing poets that are like now, like some of the top names in poetry, which is, which is so funny to see, but like, uh, people from like Dartmouth and Harvard and Yale and, you know, like we were competing against them and it was, um, mm. it was just a, a great experience for one to see where I, where I stood, you know, like where my skill set level was. It's right. like, okay, I'm good, but I'm not as good as this person or I have more to learn or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so that really, you know, after that first slam, I kind of got the bug for doing slam. And then I um, got into, I was connected with this uh, poetry team in Charlotte and they were like the national poetry slam champions for like the adult slams. And, um, and so I was, I linked with them and I started really hanging around them and doing events and, Eventually became a member of Slam Charlotte and Respect the Mike Poetry Team, and um, and then you know eventually we we won the National Poetry Slam in 2019. And um, but in the course of that time, like I, you know, was able to feature and you know ask to uh, perform at the venues all over the country, right? Because of that, and so, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of my journey into it. And okay. Then, yeah. So that's kind of where I, I guess I am now, and now I've kind of transitioned. Still do a spoken word, but I'm, I've kind of really more so leaning into like the written you know word in terms of, like uh published a book last year and things okay. and so exploring like all the ways that uh you can use poetry okay and i actually was going to ask you about that sure you know publishing you know your work and everything uh, what was that experience like for you man you know it's it's really interesting um it was a great experience in, in short um but it was it's really interesting because like while i am you know, while I started writing poetry on page first, I consider myself, or I did, more of a spoken word poet, right? Where, um, like, I wasn't primarily writing poems for you to read them. I was writing, writing them for you to uh, see me perform them. Right. So it was a different experience, and it's a lot of, like, there's some things that can apply to both, but you really have to be conscious of, you know, that these people are not that are reading the book aren't going to have the luxury of seeing your face and your body expression and your focus right. tone. So you have to really, you know, emote that on the page. And so it was a challenge for me, you know, um, but it was a really good challenge. I feel like I learned a whole lot about craft, about 
different types of poems and like how to present my work on page. Uh, and it really was a, you know, I always said I wanted to publish at least one book. And now I'm like, I'm trying to publish as many as I want to now, you know, now I got that first one out of the way. Um, but the, the beautiful part of it is like, so, you know, the, the book really touches on like grief and loss. And so um, the beautiful part of it is that people have told me that how much it resonates with them, it's been inspiring to them and how much they needed it and used it. You know, I have people that are like counselors and they said they use it with their clients, you know, mm-hmm. um, so stuff like that is what's more important to me than me to get the accolades. Is like how does the how does the words reach people? And so that's been the uh, you know the most beautiful part of it. Okay, and the fact that you said you know counselors have have been able to use it with you know um, their their clients and stuff that means yeah. that says a lot. Yeah. Um, what inspired you to you know write the book, especially when you talk about grief and loss? Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, a widower. So uh, my late wife passed in uh, 2017. And um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, And so when that happened, um, you know, I found myself just trying to uh, trying to figure out who I was now. Right. And and, um, who am I as a single person? Kind of who am I as? you know, as Angelo, independent of this person that has been in my life for like seven years, you know, from my formative years of college throughout my twenties, like now I had this, you know, I had her there. So, um, so I had to learn a lot about grief and what grief means and like how to process it. And so, um, what I realized though, very quickly is that we don't really, especially in the black community, we don't have conversations about this very often. We don't, you know, we don't know many people that have experienced that. If it is, it's like the old man in church that maybe lost his wife 20 years ago, but nobody talks about it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I just feel like I wanted to demystify what grief looks like and like show that, you know, it's a positive thing because um, we could channel it a lot of different ways and harmful ways, but using words or, um, you know, using laughter or whatever it is, memories, like is a positive way to channel it. So I wanted to, you know, when I wrote the book, it was, you know, partly a, an ode to her, but also mm. an ode to people that are just, um, that just need to know how to deal after le- losing something or someone, you know? And so okay. it was not, I wouldn't call it a roadmap, but just a guideline to show that it isn't nice and neat. Like it's, it's sloppy, it's messy, it's, you know, it's mm. not the easiest thing, but it's still something you can uh, get through. Okay. Okay. And also it sounds like, um, you know, you basically are sharing your journey, your personal journey, mm-hmm. you know, your wife and um, how you were able to, I guess, navigate through that. Like you said, it is a grief. is like an up and down type of thing. It's not a, you know, one size fits all. Right. Um, and then the fact that, you know, you, your male perspective of, you know, grieving, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And so have you been able to, you know, perform some of your um, poetry from your book? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I kind of went on like a, well, I want to say kind of, I went on a, like a book tour. Um, okay. So, um, so that's been, that was really cool uh, where I got to, you know, read my, my work in a lot of different places. Uh, a couple of the places that I was really excited to do that. Uh, there's a festival in Charleston called Spoleto Festival. Okay. Which, uh, which is a huge arts festival and as a kid I used to at one point I lived like near the Charleston area and so I remember as a kid going to Spoleto and you know one day saying I want to be able to perform at Spoleto so that okay. was like one of my bucket list things and so they reached out to me actually wow um, and um and it was so funny because like the day I was like I was on the website one day it's like okay I wonder if they 
take submissions and applications for you to apply. I didn't see anything on the website. Uh, and ironically, that same day, like unconnected, somebody reached out to me like, hey, we want you to perform for Spoleto. And I'm like, wait, what? Wow. Uh, you know? <laughs> so uh, so that was that was great. Um, there's a another festival um, in Hilton Head, South Carolina called Crescendo. Uh, mm-hmm. I just performed there recently, uh, headlined uh, that as well. Uh, there's some different writers conferences and events where I've also uh, read the book and uh, and things. So yeah, so it's, it's been really a really great run so far. Um, like I said, people have really been resonating with it and taking to it, and so I'm um, just just happy to spread the work as, as far as I can. Okay, and it sounds like you know either you know somebody put in a good word or definitely you know it was an act of God yeah. where He just kind of like aligned you to be able to uh, you know do your poetry there. <laughs> Um, and you said you were performing in Hilton Head. Did you, was it like recent of like the last month or so, or was it like earlier in the year? Yeah, it was, uh, within the past month. Um, it was, I can't remember the exact date, but in October-ish, um, performing. Okay. And they, so they have the Crescendo Festival is like their version of Spoleto, which is like a small okay. arts festival. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the things that I've been lucky to do over the course of my career, I've been doing, you know, poetry for a while, mostly spoken word, but I've been doing it for a while, but I make connections and write, and people have liked what I've seen and like what they've heard from me. So I've been getting invited to do different stuff. And so you meet people along the way. And so those people are connected with somebody else and then that's connected with somebody else. And then that's how it leads to getting an invite to a Spoleto or a Crescendo Festival, you know? Um, so yeah, so that, so that was a, a great experience um, and uh, have more, things lined up um soon as well so just looking forward to like i said just getting the work out there and staying active okay okay and so when you are able to perform at different you know venues and different places like what is that like for you because think about it you started you know in middle school and yeah you know you were able to, to perform at your college so what what is that like as you continue to you know meet different people and perform yeah, you know, it's always just a, a place of thanks. That's why I look at it, a place of gratitude. Um, because, you know, there's people who have talent that have never been able to, like, ex- exercise their talent mm-hmm. or get recognized for their talent. And so I'm just always thankful for any opportunity or any invite, you know, to perform on a stage, you know, um, because, it's, you know, it didn't have to be that way, right? Uh, and so right. I've been blessed with the, the, and the talent of it. So I try to honor that. So there's always a great thing. And then also, you know, for me, um, one one of the things when I f- figured out I was a professional poet and, uh, and an artist, I wanted respect from my peers. And so mm-hmm. to get, or from people that I looked up to. And so um, to get that recognition and for people who are like some of the greats that I consider um, and they tell me how I'm good and how they enjoy my work really means a lot too, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing, and I hope to be able to pass that on to people too. You know, to be able to mentor poets coming up, and I think I do. I do some of that now already, um, but you know, I think it's like the gift is great, the accolades are great, but what are you leaving for the next people, right? And so, okay, yeah, get it. And I was actually going to ask you about that. You being able to like speak to you know younger people, yeah, um, or just someone that's you know they don't have that experience or they haven't yet. Um, have people approached you or do you just, you know, attend different conferences? What do you do to help, you know, others? Yeah, so uh, I didn't mention, um, but I'm actually a poet laureate for the city of Rock Hill, South Carolina. And 
Um, so that means I'm the official poet of the city. And so, oh wow, okay, congratulations! Yeah, thank you, appreciate that. So I've yeah. been, been in the role since 2019. Um, okay, and uh, but the I mentioned that to say part of what you do in the role is what they want you to do is to get out in the community. And so I've always loved like doing school visits and like uh, okay. doing residencies at, at schools where I can mentor young people on how to write poetry, how to use it to express themselves. Um, so I've been really in that mode lately, like doing workshops at high schools and elementary schools, middle schools, uh, colleges, of course, as well. But like younger, I really enjoy working with like younger folks because I think they don't usually understand how it can help them and you can just see the light bulb go off. Right. And, right. right. Um, so, yeah. So I do a lot of that for sure. Uh, I also created a youth poet laureate in Rock Hill. And that's a, a part of the like a national system. And that person is between the ages of 13 and 19 and they do some of that similar work where they do events in the city where they do workshops um special programs etc just kind of spread literacy and poetry and so i've been for uh youth poet laureate too so that's always a, uh, a joy you know getting to do that and i also just believe like when i came up uh in the spoken word realm, word realm um one of the things that i learned very quickly is that like your community has to be like you're only as good as your the poets around you. You're only as good as the community around you. So I definitely like have a lot of people that I put my arms around when I see them doing stuff and give them a platform to perform or give them suggestions and guidance, you know, because I feel like um, if we don't have that, then we're if we're not inspiring the next great person, then what are we? Right. So right. really, I'm really big on that for sure. OK, OK. And it sounds like you've been able to, you know, put those two roles together to, you know, help the younger um, generation. So that's really good. Absolutely. And then you've received a lot of, you know, good feedback from, you know, that age range of students or um, young people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really great. Some of them, um, some students I work with had never written a poem before. And now they're like full-fledged poets and performing at talent shows and you know that kind of thing or trying to publish right um and so that's always a beautiful thing to see how i can spark that um especially like when you go to like a middle school or something because middle schoolers are they're too cool for school like they don't want to be kids like elementary but they also aren't grown yet like right so uh but i can just see you know when i'm uh visiting them i can see like when one or a couple of them like it just makes it they get it and they you know and start enjoying it and they just keep writing and writing and the teachers are follow up me like hey they have you know they are really loving you know poetry now because you came to their class so so that that kind of stuff is, is really uh, great to see for sure okay okay cool and i can definitely just hear it in your voice that you know you're very passionate about it and you know it's just not just something for you you actually you're learning with it and yeah you're growing and you're helping others with it too so yeah i think that's what we should do right as people for one um as people first as artists second as an artist second like um you're only as good as the legacy you leave is how, how i look at it and so mm-hmm. uh, i know for me uh when i discovered poetry i didn't have like a poet laureate in my city city that could do workshops and i could have i could see one-on-one and learn from or mentor right so i try to give what i didn't have growing up you know and so mm-hmm. i think it's important you know it's important to do that you know um mm-hmm. so that's that's really i am very passionate as you said because like i just think that's a necessary thing for sure and it sounds like you know you've been doing it for so long Mm -hmm. would you say well how long have you been you know performing 
on the stage when it comes to, you know, uh, presenting your your art, your artistry, your poetry. Okay, so it's this is year what? This is 2023. I got to go back in my mind. Uh, <laughs> well, you you don't have to give the exact. You can give yeah. like, like an estimate. Yeah. Honestly, though, um, and I haven't really put like numbers to it, but it really is about like 18 years at this point. Okay. Because, yeah, around like 2005 when I started spoken word poetry. So I think that's, I think that's about 18 years. Um, so when you say from then until now, and that does sound about right, um, would you yeah. say that, you know, you may have been a little more shy or, do, or would you still say when you get a, in front of a new crowd, you may get a little, just a little nervous or it's more like, nope, I got it. Or how would you? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, you know, from the first time you did it, you, you're super nervous for a lot of reasons. Um, but I still get nervous. You know, I still get nervous. But I think mm-hmm. nerves are a good thing. I think right. if I don't get nervous, then, then that's when I get worried because um, I feel like your nerves show that you it means something to you and you care right. about it. Right. Right. And so now I just now I know how to channel the nerves better. Like I use that as energy for the performance or for okay. the, But like I don't let it like just. Uh, you know incapacitate me or what have you or paralyze me you know i use it yeah okay okay and so tell me a little bit more about um you being an educator if you can you know just elaborate a little bit about that as well yeah sure so um so i work in higher ed and um it was called student affairs and pretty much like that's where uh, i don't teach a class but i just deal with students on a daily basis and so where we help them with like their leadership development, personal development, that kind of thing. And so it's a supplement to what you learn in the classroom. Mm -hmm. What I do specifically, I'm in charge of the student activities board and we throw about 60 events a year um, from like lectures to um, singer songwriters to you can make your own like uh, terrarium or we do like Halloween parties, like all, there's a number of different events. And it's mm-hmm. a way to really get students engaged and involved on campus. Um, and so I have like 30 students on my programming board that I, you okay. know, for, that we train and, and get to do events um, for the campus. And so that's really re- rewarding um, for me. Uh, for one, because I just love the work. I love working with students. Um, but mm-hmm. also I work, I'm in charge of the programming board that I was a member of as a student at Winthrop. So okay, full circle thing for me. Right. And so um, is this more like, well, is it DSU, like the campus activities or being able to, you know, just bring different events to the campus? Yeah, it is DSU, which is uh, okay. the Deal Student Union. And uh, for those that don't know, and uh, yeah, so we, we bring different events and artists and things to campus. Okay, okay. Was there anything that, um, you know, stood out to you or like was really fun or, you know, like the students were really engaged or was there anything like that? Oh man, yes, it's a lot of them. Um, I'm trying to think of the most recent one. So we, uh, this is pretty cool because it was kind of like homegrown. So we, uh, about a year or two ago, we, uh, well, last year and the year before, actually, we did something called Wukon, which is a play on like Comic Con, like a comic festival. Okay, um, okay. And so we brought like local vendors from like uh, comic okay. shops, we brought uh, students that make jewelry or, or okay. art and that kind of stuff they had like a little like bizarre kind of fit, feel and then we also had panelists talk about uh topics such as uh comics and social justice uh how to make okay. your own um graphic design work that kind of thing mm-hmm. we brought in uh, a voiceover actress 
two of them um named tara strong and tara strong has done like voice for like so many different like cartoon characters um and whatever so that was really really cool because it was something we did like we it was homegrown and we brought people in but it was really like our ingenuity and making it happen so i love events like that okay and that sounds really cool because like you said the students are able to you know participate and be engaged and then like you said bringing a voiceover actress um to speak and just teach you what she knows i think that's so cool and then yeah. even the comic piece of it so yeah it kind of gives you a little bit of everything like literally yeah and it was super fun too it's tiring but it's, it's also a lot of fun to put on okay sure. okay yeah now are you guys doing anything in particular um as the group you know the events in dsu as it relates to the hot the upcoming holidays or yeah so we're uh actually doing uh an event next week on december 5th well not next week two weeks December 5th, uh, we're showing The Grinch and we're going to have like a hot chocolate bar. We serve popcorn <laughs> movies. We make it like a an experience, you know, mm-hmm. just showing a movie on campus, but we try to have like different elements. And so, um, so that's what we're doing specifically for the holidays. Um, right before that, on December 2nd, we're doing a, uh, it's not a, it's not holiday themed, but it's a fashion show. Okay. Um, and it's called Project Renaissance, inspired by the Beyonce album. Uh, okay. Renaissance. And we have, so we have like a uh, student and local designers uh, okay. be showcasing the work and their student models. And we have uh, Beyonce's former stylist, uh, Ty Hunter is going to be like the judge of events. Oh, wow. So yeah, so that's really cool that we get to do like a little bit of everything. Like we, like we just said for the other event, like what we have, we bring someone in, but we also let students use their creativity and, and their expertise. Okay. Yeah. And so will the, um, Going back to the fashion show, will it be like the silver theme or it's just a variety of different things? Um, and then my second question, sure. Mr. Ty, will he be actually in attendance or doing a virtual? Or Good question. Yeah. So uh, to answer your first question, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the silver theme, but it's okay. each the way we said it is like they'll have a song. So like each set will be um, their interpretation of a particular song. Okay. So they have to have a outfit that kind of fits that. So okay. I'm sure there'll be a lot of silver because that's kind of like the theme of the album, right? Um, mm-hmm. But in general, like we just kind of let them, you know, decide how that how they feel about it, what that look looks like according to that particular song. Right. And, and then yeah, Ty actually will be in, in person. Um, okay. There, so he'll talk a lot, a little bit about his journey as well, and then, like I said, he'll uh, judge the designers and, and choose who the winner is. So that'll be a really great opportunity for some student, you know, students as well to get that exposure. That'll be really good. Yeah. Really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, you're just talking about the movie, The Grant, just one of the best Christmas movies ever. <laughs> right. Um, I think that'll give, you know, the students a chance to just kind of kick back and just enjoy, yeah. you know, the holidays and some hot chocolate. So. Yeah, it's always a good one. That's a classic one. So it's, it's a yeah. good one. Relax, no one before. It's like right before exams. So it's a good way to get them um you know just ease uh easy comfortable before exam start right okay well it sounds really good you know all the things that you guys are being able to do there and um thank you you know what you're able to um as well accomplish in your role as well yeah thank you i appreciate it that's definitely definitely it's a lot of work you know i won't won't lie that but i enjoy it so when you enjoy it is it isn't as bad and we have great students to work with it makes it even easier so okay yeah, yeah. and would you say within your role you've been able to like collaborate you know meaning like 
yeah, I may have this position, but mm-hmm. I can ask some of the students, I can ask some of the staff. Let's all, you know, pitch in ideas of what we should do next and what we, you know, think we should do. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, um, all the events that we do are ones that the students submit to me. So they have to submit like a proposal form of okay. the events they want to have. Um, and so they, they send that and then we, our uh, co-advisor, we look at that and then we make a decision on which events. But it pretty much everything we do is based off of student ideas. Like I might add some extra things to it that they may not have thought about or whatever. Mm-hmm. The idea itself is from them. So I think that's really important that they can okay. have right and then yeah like you said we you know work with different departments on campus where we work with you know folks in the community we always invite the community out to our events too uh as well so yeah we're really big on collaborating and pulling resources together for sure and i was just actually going to ask have you guys been able to partner with you know the city um Mm -hmm. or the surrounding cities and towns in the area with the college with some of your um events yeah, so I wouldn't say like a formal um, partnership with the city per se, but we have worked with uh, like the Arts Council of York County, uh, which is in Rock Hill. Um, they helped. Uh, we, we applied for like a small grant to help for one of our events. Um, last year, we've worked with um, the Rock Hill Pride Festival and the Mercantile um, and other businesses uh, as well to kind of put things on. So not directly like officially with the city per se, but like as in the city of Rock Hill, but with groups and businesses within the city. Uh, yeah, we definitely, you know, do that for sure. We think that's important. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I just have a few more questions for you. For sure. And then we can wrap up. Um, so the next question was, why is entrepreneurship important to you? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, entrepreneurship is important uh, for me because I, I believe like, um, it's okay to work for other people if that's what you want to do but I also believe if you have a vision sometimes the best person to execute that vision is you right and you can have help to do that mm-hmm. but being able to do things on your own and see something from concept to creation I think is really important and being the ability to be your own boss right um, I'm not mm-hmm. like a full-time entrepreneur yet um, but on the on the poetry side of things, I am, you know, um, and so, you know, I fund that. I have an LLC with it and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I eventually do want to be a full time artist. So it's really like having the independence and the say so what you want to do um, mm-hmm. versus um, having to adhere to a guideline or uh, a corporation or, or what have you. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their own thing. If you like to work for people, that's fine. But I think it's also good to have, you know, for people that want to be an entrepreneur do stuff for their own to feel like they're empowered to do so. Okay. And it sounds like, like you just said, you know, having that control of, you know, what you want to do or what type of, you know, art you'd like to put out there. So. Right. Yeah. I think it's important. Okay. Yeah. And so overall, you know, your different journeys and, you know, being able to, you know, work with students in the event uh, world, as well as, you know, being a poet and artist, Mm. um, how does your faith play um, a role in that? Yeah, so faith is a big part of just who I am in general. Um, I grew up in the church. Uh, okay. My mom uh, was a minister of music. My granddad, I never mm-hmm. met my granddad because um, he passed when my mom was young, but he was a pastor, you know, um, so my mm-hmm. grandmother was a first lady. So I kind of always was in the church and, um, and around it. And, you know, over the years, um, you know, I've also felt like 
I developed just my personal spiritual journey too, right? Like it's okay to have faith in the, um, and to subscribe to a religion, but I think you have to do it for you and understand what it means for you personally. And so, um, so that, that informs my work. You know, if you hear, I tell people, I wouldn't call myself a Christian poet at all. Um, or, but if you listen to my work, you can hear the God in it, right? You can hear the influence of it and you can hear the references and, and things. And I just believe, um, that everybody should have something they believe in it doesn't matter if it's a deity per se or if it's the universe or, or whatever you know i think we all have to have something that drives us because at a certain point this flesh is like insufficient you know that's not enough but you got to have something that we feel like is a higher calling um that's pushing us towards something and so it's that informs everything i do and i try to trust that um and lean on that and in times when i have to make decisions and pursue craft and all that good stuff okay and then what is your passion man that's a there's so many i think ultimately like my passion is really helping people okay whether whether that be through uh, like my poetry whether that be through mentorship uh, whether that be through my job at you know at winthrop where i work with students I think ultimately my passion is really helping somebody to grow and elevate um, mm -hmm. and to learn and to, you know, and to do my part of helping them be a better person, whatever that looks like for them. That's really, I think, at the heart of it, what my passion is. Okay. Okay. And I mean, if you had other, you know, if you want to say it was something more than that, that's fine. Yeah. Or the overall, <laughs> you would say is helping people. Yeah. I think that, I think that sums it all up. You know? Okay. I can say music. I can say poetry. I can say, you know, all, mm -hmm. a, a bunch of things, but really at the center of it all, this is helping, you know, it's helping people. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you like to do for fun? Man. So I, I like, um, playing video games <laughs> it's funny <laughs> i don't play like i don't play like a bunch of different ones but um it's a really for me it's like a relaxer too okay um so but like doing that uh i definitely like to try to travel when i can um i uh what do i enjoy i also love music like going to see music perform live like a concert or something mm -hmm. like that um as well and just spending time with family you know i really like this family time and this you know, being around the loved ones as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so in this season of, you know, Thanksgiving and, you know, just being thankful, yeah. um, what are some things that you are personally thankful for? Man, I'm thankful for another, you know, another day for one, you know, I think, um, in, you know, in this time of the season, you, you think about, uh, people that passed on or, you know, mm -hmm. with us and, I'm thankful that I get to, I'm thankful that, you know, you had those people, um, but I'm also thankful that I have another day just to try to be a better person and try to fulfill whatever my destiny is. Mm -hmm. um, thankful for family. Um, thankful for, you know, as my mom would say, being in your right mind, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, for all of those things and family and friends. And, Definitely family. Yep. Yeah. I think it's, okay. it's important. Yeah. Okay. And is there anything else that you would like to say or share as it relates to, you know, your personal journey, um, you know, your role to entrepreneurship, your role to, you know, working with students? Is there anything else you would like to share or any um, any advice for anyone listening um, as it relates to, you know, going after their career dreams or, um, you know, just anything that you would like to say or share? Yeah, I think um, 
so for me one of the things uh, i guess there's a little bit of advice and a little bit of a plug at the same time where okay. where i believe if you don't if you see a need for something and it's not there you have to create it right and so mm-hmm. i created a poetry festival in rock hill uh called the one okay. Poetry festival and uh so we're going into our fourth year um well yeah we're going to our fourth one um and so we haven't like selected the dates yet but it'll be around summer uh, of 24 and um but yeah like you know and so with that we you know we have like readings and workshops and open mics and that kind of thing um because i just felt i felt a void in the city of of having something like that and it's been really great to create that so for those that out there are entrepreneurs or artists or just somebody with a vision or something i think you know for one is identifying a need for something that know it should exist um and instead of saying well somebody should do this maybe you're the somebody that should do it and so mm-hmm. just being bold enough and being um you know forward thinking enough to and a little and maybe a little crazy enough to make to really mm-hmm. put it out there and try to make it happen okay and what is it called again that you created it's called the one word poetry the festival one word poetry okay okay and so you said um those that may be interested they can expect to um attend some of those events in the summer of next year yeah it's it's usually okay. it'll be around may mayish may or junish uh, okay. of 24 so yeah so definitely there'll be more information coming out um if you want to just kind of see what it's about there's a, a website is one word poetry dot one word poetry festival dot com um and if you're on social media uh, at one word poetry festival uh as well okay okay and just in general um do you have any advice for any upcoming you know young poets or you know just anyone in that creative you know arena i think the first thing you know is just to just write it down right if you're a poet or a writer Okay. Uh, or even if you're a singer or whatever uh, right I think a lot of times what really stops people from being um, from really going into the artistry is just the first step of just trying it okay. and so at some point you gotta stop talking about it and just do it so even if it's writing a word or writing a sentence and then leaving it and coming back and then writing another sentence you know if that makes you feel more comfortable but a lot of times we just really gotta get over that fear and um that hesitation you know of it so just don't be afraid to um put yourself out there and you can keep it to yourself uh, until you feel like you're ready to share it right but Mm -hmm. the first part is before you can write a book before you can write a poem the first step is literally writing a word down right and writing that word becoming a line and so just knowing it's okay to do that in your own pace in your own timing okay and so how can people, you know, um, contact you or just follow you on social media yeah. um, as it relates to, you know, your journey and uh, within the arts, within poetry? Um, where can they connect with you even to learn, you know, about your book or anything that you'd like to share? Yeah. So a couple places, uh, AngeloJeter.com. You can go there. Uh, you'll okay. find out about, you know, I have like a, a schedule of events and things I have coming up. Uh, you can also purchase the book there directly from me as well uh it's on amazon too but if you want to support me directly that's a good way um is there um also on social media uh, i have a couple of them so for the poet laureate one is at rock hill poet uh and then that's on facebook and instagram and then uh for my personal one is at iambic which is e-y-e-a-m-b-i-c okay okay you said at iambic yeah e-y-e 
A-M-B-I-C. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it was so good, uh, you know, speaking with you, Mr. Angelo, and yeah, learning so many different things and nuggets about, you know, your journey, your personal journey, um, and just seeing, like, how you've been able to navigate each different part and everything that you've been able to, you know, overcome. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you just discussing you know, going to different, you know, places and being able to um, create a space to do your poetry. I think that's so cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for the platform and for the time. It really, it's really yeah. great. For sure. Okay. Well, we will definitely be um, back in contact with you. And thank you again. Yeah, thank you. All right. All right.